You're listening to Language Casters Football Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Damien, and uh, welcome to week nine of Language Casters Football Podcast. I'm here in a bright and uh, breezy London, and looking forward to all the upcoming World Cup matches this weekend. Uh, Damon, how are you doing? And what's on today's show? Hi, Damien. Good to hear from you. And I'm glad it's nice and sunny over there. It is over here in Tokyo, too. Well, on today's show, I believe uh, we're going to look at the financial crisis sweeping the world and how it's going to affect football in our main piece. And of course, we've got all our regular features, reviews, predictions, English for football, and lots of more. Let's go! So let's get on with the show with the good, the bad and the ugly. A look back at the week's footballing news. Damien. Now after a tough start to this season's La Liga campaign, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona are starting to impress and they moved into fourth place behind Valencia in the Spanish table last weekend after they destroyed title rivals Atletico Madrid 6-1 to win their fifth match in a row. They've scored 19 goals in those games and they're on fire. What an amazing victory that was. There was a Liverpool fan with Atletico Madrid in our Champions League group. I hope the rot continues for uh, the Madrid side. Staying with a side in the Champions League, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has scored an amazing goal for Inter Milan in their 2-1 victory over Bologna in Serie A last weekend. Um, How can we describe it? Well, the best way to describe it would be a flying back heel. Um, You can take a look at it if you come to our site, languagecaster.com. It's amazing. He later described the goal as a piece of cake. Mmm, indeed. Now, back in Spain, where Damien started, um, or precisely the Basque country, former Spanish international winger Josebe Etzeberia has announced that from next season, he's going to play for his beloved Atletico Bilbao in La Liga for free. He's played for his club for 14 years. And isn't the fact that a player can demonstrate such loyalty to one club um, make you feel good, but then he's going to give something back in this manner? That's just amazing. Hats off to Yoseba. Damien, what's your bad? Yeah, it was bad for my team Tottenham after yet another defeat, this time at home to high-flying Hull City, which means that no wins from the first seven league matches is the worst start to the league since 1912. Now, though this performance was an improvement on previous matches, there was no direction, very little organisation and hardly any confidence, which suggests it might be a while before that elusive league win appears. 1912, Damien? That's when the Titanic sank. Watch out for icebergs. You could be going down. Well, I'm actually going to skip bad this week and I'm going to go straight for ugly. Um, It's to do with our main piece today. The Football Association chairman, Lord Treesman, has attacked the toxic debt that some English clubs have found themselves in by claiming that there is much as three billion in the red, uh, with the top four clubs owing almost a third of that figure. West Ham have already lost their sponsorship deal, and other clubs have put stadium plans and new transfers on hold to see whether the credit crunch will pass. It could become pretty ugly for English football. How about you, Damien? Now, for my ugly this week, I'm going to go up to Newcastle, where stand-in boss Joe Kinnear 
was lambasted by the press for unleashing a verbal torrent of abuse that included more than 50 swear words in five minutes during his press conference at the weekend. Uh, he'll face an FA charge for that outburst, but I think the press's holier-than-thou approach is somewhat hypocritical towards Joe. My name is Theodora, I'm from Greece. My favourite team is Olympiakos and you're listening to languagecaster.com. Next up it's our main piece, the credit crunch and football with Damien. current downturn in the global economy has been well documented, but how will the so-called credit crunch affect English football? Right now the Premier League is the biggest earner in the game, thanks to huge TV deals and worldwide marketing rights that reached £1.5 billion at the end of the 2007 season, at some £700 million more than the German Bundesliga that was in second place. But with revenues reaching record levels, Debts are also increasing dramatically, with the FA's president, Lord Treisman, claiming this week that debts of nearly £3 billion are toxic and may lead to dramatic consequences for the sport. Back in May of this year, UEFA president Michel Platini warned English clubs that their debts were unworkable and even argued for the banning of teams that found themselves severely in the red. But banning a team may be the least of Premier League clubs' worries, as there are serious concerns that one of their members may soon fold and go out of business. Many of these debts are built up by a combination of huge salaries for the best players, the building of new stadia to increase revenue streams, or by new owners who refinance and borrow so they can buy a club. But with the credit crunch now affecting ordinary people, Fewer fans will pay exorbitant prices for tickets, shirts, TV channels or other club merchandise, while the fear that owners may simply walk away from clubs as they're not able to afford them is also increasing. And this is the case at West Ham in the Premier League, who, after being taken over by an Icelandic consortium two years ago, are now facing financial trouble as the Icelandic economy is in meltdown. Furthermore, their sponsors have also gone bankrupt and they face a £30 million compensation claim from another football club. Difficult times for West Ham. Most of the debt that the FA president mentioned has been incurred by the top four clubs in the Premier League as they seek to expand and stay at that top table. Between them, Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool and Arsenal account for more than £1 billion worth of debt, which seems not only remarkable considering their revenues, but also highly dangerous. Accounting firm Deloitte, which specialises in football finances, suggests that Liverpool's debt is £350 million, with an annual interest payment of £30 million. In addition, their American owners have been unable to find the financing for a new stadium, reported to be £350 million which has done little for the confidence of fans and other investors. Their great rivals Manchester United find themselves in a similar position with debts of £660 million that needs £42 million of interest payments to be made a year. Now Manchester United's pre-tax profits up until January 2007 
were £43 million. So the European and Premier League champions are still not any closer to paying off their main debt. Arsenal are in a slightly better off position, though no less in the red. £307 million in the red to be exact, but they do have their interest fixed at £18 million a year, which is manageable. As for Chelsea, well, despite what their managing director says, their debts are simply written off by multi-billionaire Roman Abramovich. Much like the new owners at Manchester City, these chairmen have bought football clubs for their own pet project and not to make money. But just as easily as they've been bought, so they can be sold. Now, if the Premier League needs any further warning, it should take a look at its Italian counterpart. Much as the English version does now, in the 1980s and early 90s, Serie A was the centre of world football, possessing the richest teams, attracting the highest paid players and earning more money than any other European league. Now, Italian players leave to play in England, attendances have fallen dramatically and Italian football languishes in fourth place behind Spain in football revenue. Could that ever happen to the Premier League? Next up, we have Damon with this week's English for Football. Yaggity yag, I don't talk back. Yaggity yag, yaggity yag. Yaggity yag, yaggity yag. Yaggity yag, yaggity yag. Yaggity yag, yaggity yag. This week's English for Football is to rule out. To rule something out. This phrase means to eliminate. Not choose, exclude. It's used in football in a variety of situations. For example, the England defender John Terry has an injury that may rule him out of the game against Kazakhstan. His injury is bad, therefore he may not play. Michael Owen was not chosen for England's team this weekend, but that doesn't rule him out from appearing in the future. He may be chosen next time. Recently, there's been talk about Liverpool and Everton sharing a ground. But most people rule this idea out. They don't think it will happen. But with the current economic situation, we can't rule out some clubs having major financial problems. To rule out. Next up, it's predictions. Now, after last week's predictions, uh, I'm still making no inroads into Damon's lead, but hopefully with the World Cup games coming up this weekend, I'll be able to peg him back somewhat. Now, we're going to start off with uh, Sweden against Portugal, and uh, I think the Swedes are going to beat Portugal. I think they're going to win this one 1-0. Now, the next game is Romania and France, and I think the Romanian side are going to heap more misery on under-fire French manager Raymond Domenech. This will be a 1-0 Romanian victory. Now, in Ireland's group, we've got Bulgaria and Italy, the two favoured teams to qualify there. And I think this will be a 1-1 draw. Now, Germany are at home to Russia. And uh, I think the Germans are going to win this one fairly comfortably, 2-0. Now, to South America, we see Argentina and Uruguay, near neighbours, of course. Now, Argentina haven't won a, a qualifying match for four, uh, four games now. Um, but I think they'll break that duck and they'll beat their uh, rivals 1-0. Now, next Wednesday, Ireland plays Cyprus. 
And uh, I think the home side, despite having a bad record against Cyprus recently, are going to beat them 1-0. And uh, Japan, Uzbekistan in the Asian qualifying section. Um, I also think this will be a home victory, but it'll be very, very close. This will be 2-1 to Japan. And finally for this week in South America, Brazil against Colombia. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Damon, what do you think of those? Okay, well, here are my predictions. Sweden, Portugal. Sweden will cause Portugal some troubles, but they're not going to beat them. It's going to be 1-1. Romania, France. Mm, you can't, I just don't see uh, Romania beating France here. They haven't got the form. It's going to be another 1-1 draw, and I think France will be happy with that away. Bulgaria, Italy. Uh, again, you're going with uh, the underdogs a lot here, Damien. Italy are going to win this one 1-0. Germany, Russia. Russia will pose Germany some problems here. You said Germany will overcome them uh, in, a, in a close game, but you said 2-0. That's not a close game. It's going to be 1-1. Argentina, Uruguay, of course, they're neighbors, a big rival here. But Uruguay haven't won a game in the qualifiers this year. In fact, I think they've only won one of their qualifiers. Argentina to win this one, 2-1. Ireland against Cyprus. Have more faith, Damien. Ireland, the home side. Ireland, the bigger team. They're going to win this one 2-0. Japan, Uzbekistan, 3-0. They're going to stamp their authority on their group. Uzbekistan are bottom of this group, remember. And uh, this is going to be an easy victory at home for Japan. Brazil against Colombia. Uh, Brazil had a, a fairly... They, they stopped the rust in their last game. They're going to beat Colombia 2-0 on home soil here. Those are my predictions. Enjoy all of the football, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Enjoy all the football. Bye-bye.